Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Chris Soteropoulos. I am Chief Executive Officer of Global Opportunities Commercialization, an Australian-based company that seeks to assist peoples, organisations, governments all around the world in order to find products, services, technologies for peace building, capacity building, and also for bettering their community. One of the issues we need to look at is the food crisis in this particular century and why it hasn't been solved. Every night, 811 million people go to bed hungry and already 38 countries are on the brink of starvation. We live in times of instability, pandemics, economic crises, climate disasters, military conflicts. They put millions more people on the brink of starvation. Are you sure you won't be among them? In the consumerist format, no one is secure against starvation these days, but it is such an absurdity. Why? We know that there's plenty of food. We know that there's very smart technologies for growth, for processing, for shipping. But I think what we're finding sometimes is that there is a miscommunication between the ability to produce and where the food needs to be delivered. Uh, we also have politics, which somehow gets in the way and doesn't enable that food to be produced. An interesting element of the technology design and creation is that often it is designed in, in two environments. So one environment is your very smart university, startups, companies environment, where they focus on particular objectives, particular commercial needs. Now, the second element is local communities where they are cash-trapped. They, they, they don't have resources. They don't have all the smarts of, of people from the MITs and the Harvards and the INSEDs. Yet they come up with solutions because they need it for their local survival. They need it for irrigation management. They need it for how to manage soil regeneration for the next year's harvest. Now, why are the technologies from these so-called smart environments not being adopted in these needed environments in different parts of the world? Let's take a look at the technology that already exists. One of them is vertical farms. They have great advantages compared to conventional farms. They produce 300 times more food and up to 30 yields a year. They consume 95% less water and 80% less soil. They make it possible to grow various crops all year round without using pesticides. They don't depend on weather or location and require minimal logistics costs. Harvesting is possible even in Antarctica. Aquaponics. It allows simultaneous breeding of fish and cultivation of vegetables in a single closed cycle. Fish waste fertilizes plants, speeding up their growth by 40%. It is environmentally friendly and can operate in a virtually waste-free way without polluting water bodies. 
it doesn't involve pesticides and consumes 10 times less water. Yields from 1,000 square meters of land by this method equal to yields from two hectares of fields and 20 hectares of ponds. It can be applied in the tropics or an arid desert and even on the roof of a skyscraper. Humanity has already learned to print food on a 3D printer and to grow fish and chicken meat from cells. Even food made of air is no longer science fiction. A Finnish company is building a factory to produce flour from air and has won the first stage in a competition to provide food for space missions to other planets. We have shown only a few examples of technology, but even they can already resolve the problem of hunger once and for all. The corporate model had always looked at a corporate approach to profitability. However, now that climate change, we're seeing cataclysms, we're seeing lots of repetitive and linked disasters, more so than before. The economic model all of a sudden is saying, hang on a second, those technologies may be able to assist in food production in parts of the world that will undergo short-term climate change, medium-term, but also have current climate change disasters. So we are seeing these technologies and the developers and owners now turning their head to say, oh, look, there's, there's an opportunity there as well. And getting together technologists and scientists on a global level, maybe there's a possibility for technological skipping from materials production, building management into food production. For example, we know in um, parts of Africa, refrigeration does not exist because of poverty. Food is produced, it's picked from the tree, and within, if it's not sold roadside within two days, whatever's not sold is goes off, done. Government has said, we need to do something about it. But the international technology community is not connecting to say, hang on a second, we know how to do this. And there's always financial models that need to be considered, whether it's philanthropic or, or pure, or whatever it is, these models exist. So we've seen technologies in one part of the world and we said, hang on a second, you're using it in the building industry. Why don't you use it for food management in Africa? And they say, Chris, what a great idea. We've just never thought about it. No one's in our organisation. You know, we're not bad people. We, we, we recognise what you're saying, but no one has asked us to think. And this is the question. No one's asked us to think about the food crisis. So that's what we need. We need those connectors as well. International forums, I think, are a good way to do it through globalisation. Uh, we have more and more interactivity. We have the ability now for food to be grown in different parts of the world using expertise and knowledge from other regions. The energy and commitment to enable food production across the different parts of the world where it is needed is a wonderful story, which I think we will see 
reflect a different pattern to where we were a century ago to where we are heading. So I'm very positive that the food issue will be, to a large extent, remodeled um, in my generation and certainly my family's generation. Development and introduction of such technologies in the infrastructure of cities will provide people with food everywhere, regardless of crises and disasters. It will make the process of growing food products independent of climate, weather, location, soil fertility, or even logistics. In consumer society, hunger is a prospect for everyone. In the creative society, not a single person in any country of the world will go to bed hungry. It will be up to us, people, to jointly decide which scientific discoveries to implement first, while openness and transparency of information in the creative society will make it possible to ensure reliable control over implementation of our decisions. We really want to live in the creative society. And what about you? As I get older um, and interact with people who are older than me, we sit down and, and we find that the discussion is moving towards how do we want this world to look? How do we want society to look? What is the dream that we have for the reality that we will wish to deliver? So it's moving into the wisdom end. Um, and I'd read this in the books, but I didn't expect to experience it. But we are now in a position where we're asking these questions. So for me, what is interest of interest is that people have a meaningful life. They contribute as, as a whole to the community. You, you get that sense, that inner sense, that warmth, that what you're doing is benefiting the community and the community becomes safer, community becomes more caring and compassionate but also innovative, where new solutions could be developed to our current problems and emerging problems. And the way we are with globalization these days, within a Zoom call, within all sorts of easy mechanisms, we can communicate and develop a family of like-minded individuals around the world. And that's quite a magnetic feeling. When you're in a room with someone who's like that, you also are drawn to them. Um, and I think our role, both as citizens, as parents, as community leaders, as professionals, whatever we do, is to always, almost 24 hours, seven days a week, behave in that way and create a positive energy of environment of solutions, caring about people on the other side of the world. So what we've got to do is accelerate that and, and try and um, expand it as much as we can around the world, because there are lots of people like us that want a better and caring world. And the more you connect with them, you see better outcomes.